What's up, everybody? Welcome to JFOD News, aka Take Your Pill Psychopath. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm your host, John F. O'Donnell. Hope everybody is doing well uh, in this crazy time. Crazy time. What's going on with Russia and the Ukraine and the U.S.? What is all that about? People are freaking out. Looks like Russia has invaded the Ukraine. It looks like they were provoked by the U.S. It's a whole long story. It's complicated. There's a lot of nuance that needs to be understood. But guess what? I'm not even talking about that today. I'm not talking about the thing that is on everybody's mind because there are some loose ends. There are some pandemic loose ends that need to be tied. There are some holes in the mainstream media narrative that are going unrecognized. And I'll be goddamned if I'm going to let that shit happen. I'll be goddamned if I'm going to let that shit happen. Let's see. Let's make sure we're going live on this guy. Looks like we are on the Rockfin as well, which is cool. Yes, there's a little bit of a lag, but that's all right. Okay, so yeah, I've been doing these live streams here and there, a little unfre- infre- unfrequently, infrequently, infrequently. So I don't know if people notify me in the chat. Yeah, here we go. Some people have joined the chat. Propaganda Live. What's up, my man? Thanks for being here. While the world, I was just saying, while the world is covering Russia and Ukraine, we are tying up some diabolical loose ends surrounding the pan pan dem dem ek ek. That's what we're doing. Because it's got to be done. There were so many lies the past two years, so many lies. And now, Everything's going to just pivot to the war footing, just like that. All right. Shannon, Sun, Moon, Virgo, what is up? Yeah. All right. The Eerie Fairy, hello. Some folks in the chat. I love it. Let's see what's going on over in the Rockfin. All right. Cool. Some folks currently watching there as well. You guys, this article that we're going to go through today, it blew me away, man. It blew me away because I knew that there was like financial crazy shit going on leading up to the pandemic, but I never really paid attention to it. I never really knew about it. And so now that I do, it leads me to some very, very dark conclusions about this pandemic, about why these lockdowns happened, about why this pandemic happened. It's pretty crazy. It's a little bit rabbit hole, and we are going to go down it. Let me let you guys know the article. I'll pull it up. There we go. It's called A Self-Fulfilling Prophecy, Systemic Collapse, and Pandemic Simulation. Yeah. And it's by Fabio Vigi. And Fabio Vigi is... Let's see here. I thought I had that pulled up. I thought I had his bio pulled up. I thought I had his bio pulled up, man. 
I thought I did. Let me pull it up again. Here we go. Fabio VG is professor of critical theory and Italian at Cardiff University in the UK. And his most recent book is Critical Theory and the Crisis of Contemporary Capitalism. So he looks at COVID through a financial lens, through a Marxist financial lens. Um, I think that I'm not super familiar with critical theory, um, but uh, I think that Marx's critiques of capitalism oftentimes are certainly spot on. Um, even though I don't know enough to call myself a Marxist. Um, yeah. Propaganda live says yip jump John. Yeah. Daniel Johnston, who I love and who I identify with. We have the same diagnosis. Uh, RIP Daniel a diagnosis of bipolar one disorder. Um, yeah, let's see here. So a self-fulfilling prophecy, systemic collapse and pandemic simulation by Fabio Vigi. Uh, let's do it, man. Let's see here. There we go. Let me just check the rock fin again. All right. Some folks in the rock fin. What is up y'all? We're about to get into it. A self-fulfilling prophecy, systemic collapse and pandemic simulation. This is wild, man. This piece blew me away. All right, let's do it. A year and a half, this is six months ago, by the way, this is written six months ago in August, a year and a half after the arrival of virus, some may have started wondering why the usually unscrupulous ruling elites decided to freeze the global profit making machine in the face of a pathogen that targets almost exclusively the unproductive over 80s. Why all the humanitarian zeal? Qui bono? Only those who are unfamiliar with the wondrous adventures of GloboCap can delude themselves into thinking that the system chose to shut down out of compassion. Let us be clear from the start. The big predators of oil, arms, and vaccines could not care less about humanity. All right, bold start. Follow the money. And this stuff is so fascinating to me, guys. Maybe you guys knew this, maybe you didn't, but I certainly did not know this as in-depth all of this financial stuff leading up to the pandemic. In pre-COVID times, the world economy was on the verge of another colossal meltdown. Here is a brief chronicle of how the pressure was building up. June 2019, in its annual economic report, the Swiss-based Bank of International Settlements, the BIS, the central banks of all central banks, very high up on the power nexus, you guys, sets the international alarm bells ringing. The document highlights, quote, overheating in the leveraged loan market where, quote, credit standards have been deteriorating and collateralized loan obligations, obligations, CLOs, have surged, reminiscent of the steep rise in collateralized debt obligations, the CDOs, that amplified the subprime crisis in 2008. Simply stated, the belly of the financial industry is once again full of junk. All right, that's June 2019. 9th of August 2019. 
the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, issues a working paper calling for, quote, unconventional monetary policy measures to insulate the real economy from further deterioration in financial conditions. The paper indicates that by offering direct credit to the economy during a crisis, central bank lending can, quote, replace commercial banks in providing loans to firms. Okay, this is the central bank getting more and more power over financial policy. 15th of August, 2019, BlackRock Inc., the world's most powerful investment fund, managing around $7 trillion in stock and bond funds, issues a white paper titled Dealing with the Next Downturn. Essentially, the paper instructs the U.S. Federal Reserve to inject liquidity directly into the financial system to prevent a dramatic downturn. Again, this message is unequivocal. An unprecedented response is needed when monetary policy is exhausted and fiscal policy alone is not enough. That response will likely involve going direct, finding ways to get central bank money directly in the hands of public and private sector spenders while avoiding hyperinflation. Examples include the Weimar Republic in the 1920s, as well as Argentina and Zimbabwe more recently. Okay, this is kind of confusing, sort of hard to understand. Um, but basically, these ba- the, the central banks are now going direct, meaning they're not only dictating um, monetary policy, meaning how much money to print, interest rates, stuff like that. They're also dictating... And taking and and running um, fiscal policy, which is where the money goes, how money is spent, how things are taxed, uh, basically things that our government was supposed to do. The central banks have created a sort of coup where now they're doing both. And what they were doing leading up to the pandemic was literally uh, just printing money and giving hundreds of billions of dollars a week to Wall Street. And this was before the CARES Act that led to a crazy amount of money transferred upwardly to the super rich already. Uh, We're talking like $3.1 trillion there. This is crazy. Okay, here we go. This is infamous, this this Jackson Hole, Wyoming meeting. 22nd to 24th of August, 2019. Now, now remember, this is all leading up to the pandemic, uh, which was announced in March 2020. 22nd to 24th of August, 2019, the G7 central bankers meet in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to discuss BlackRock's paper, along with urgent measures to prevent the looming meltdown. In the prescient words of James Bullard, president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, quote, we just have to stop thinking that next year things are going to be normal. Yeah. 15th to 16th of December, 20, of September, September, 2019. The downturn is officially inaugurated by a sudden spike in the repo rates from 2% to 10.5%. Repo is shorthand for repurchase agreement, a contract where investment funds lend money against collateral assets, normally treasury securities. At the time of the exchange, financial operators, banks, undertake to buy back the assets at a higher price, typically overnight. In brief, repos are short-term collateralized loans. They are the main source of funding for traders in most markets, especially the derivative derivatives galaxy. A lack of liquidity in the repo markets can have a devastating domino effect on all major financial sectors. Okay, so basically shit is going haywire 
in the financial markets because of these repo repurchase agreements. Okay. 17th September, 2019, the Fed begins the emergency monetary program, pumping hundreds of billions of dollars per, per week into Wall Street, effectively executing BlackRock's going direct plan. Unsurprisingly, in March 2020, the Fed will hire BlackRock to manage the bailout package in response to the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah, why not? They've already been bailing out Wall Street to the tunes of hundreds of billions of dollars before the pandemic. 19th of September, 2019, Donald Trump signs Executive Order 13887, establishing a national influenza vaccine task force whose aim is to develop a, quote, five-year national plan to promote the use of more agile and scalable vaccine manufacturing technologies, <clears throat> MRNA, MRNA, and to accelerate development of vaccines that protect against many or all influenza viruses. This is to counteract an influenza pandemic, which, quote, unlike seasonal influenza, has the potential to spread rapidly around the globe, infect higher numbers of people, and cause high rates of illness and death in populations that lack prior immunity. As someone guessed, the pandemic was imminent, while in Europe, two preparations were under, underway. So this was back in September of 2019, man. Okay? Interesting. 18th of October, 2019, in New York, a global zoonotic pandemic is simulated during Event 201, a strategic exercise coordinated by the Johns Hopkins Biosecurity Center and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Let's not forget, it was also presented by the World Economic Forum in conjunction with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, in conjunction with Don John Hopkins, in conjunction with the World Health Organization and the UN, in conjunction with members of the CIA and high-ranking banking members of uh, from China and from the U.S. I mean, come on. Basically, so now what you have is financial a financial uh, situation where we're on the brink of a collapse, and as you'll find out, it turned out in order to stop that collapse from happening, they needed to put a halt on the real economy, meaning. Uh, you know, Main Street, our economy, the real economy of the world. They needed to put a halt on that while propping up the financial institutions with uh, with cheap money by just flooding them with money. Um, and what allowed them to do that? A pandemic where they could have lockdowns and shut down economies. So these people, these evil fucks who want to control everything, must at the same time have the best karma in the world to get the one thing to happen that they needed to happen so there could be a catalyst to create a shutdown of the economy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and then also they did a simulation of what that pandemic would be like a few months before it with Event 201 and how they would react to it with Event 201. Huh. Interesting. Oh, and then you also have you know, it's come out now and this is this is since he's written this article that most likely this was a lab leak where they were doing gain of function research. So the question that's left that the question that's left that's out there is, was it released on purpose or was it by mistake? Huh? There's some dots to connect here. Let's keep going. 
21st to 24th of January, 2020. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting takes place in Davos, Switzerland, where both the economy and vaccinations are discussed. 23rd of January, 2020. China puts uh, Wuhan and other cities of the Hubei province in lockdown. 11th of March, 2020. The World Health Organization's Director General calls COVID-19 a pandemic. The rest is history. Okay, so that's the timeline leading up to it, which freaks me out. I mean, am I just like out to lunch here on this sort of stuff, or does this make sense to anybody? You know what I mean? Um, Let's see. We got some stuff from, uh, hey, what's up, Mia Sarah? Thanks for being here. Propaganda Live says BlackRock was the first private investment group allowed in China. Interesting. Oh, and did I mention that uh, Xi signed the TPP and is a part of the World Economic Forum? Yes, he absolutely is. He gave the opening speech this year, introduced warmly by Klaus Schwab. See what's going on in the Rockfin. Cool. All right. Oh, right on. Slow news day. What's up, Steve? Hey, you're the first part of my drive to L.A. Oh, right on, man. Safe travels, dude, and have fun. You deserve it. Xavi says, I don't think it's a coincidence that the same week that Biden renewed the renewed the emergency and the trucker started in the U.S. Okay, okay, fair point. But this is baffling to me. This makes me think. All right. I was going to kind of save it for the end, but this makes me think that this thing was leaked from the lab purposely because of the need for the financial institutions to shut down economies in order for there not to be another colossal collapse. So I think. They did it on purpose. Uh, That is my working assessment. I can't prove it. I don't have a smoking gun, but that is how I feel about it right now. I was more up in the air, even with event 201. Even the fact that they did a tabletop pandemic simulation a few months before there was an actual pandemic. And that actually is what uh, started me getting down the rabbit hole of learning all this stuff and expanding my political worldview to where it is now. But uh, let's keep reading because this article is pretty long. So we'll see how much we get through. Joining the dots is a simple enough exercise. If we do so, we might see a well-defined narrative outline emerge whose succinct summary reads as follows. Lockdowns and the global suspension of economic transactions were intended to, one, allow the Fed to flood the ailing financial markets with freshly printed money while deferring hyperinflation, and two, introduce mass vaccination programs and health passports as pillars of a neo-feudal regime of capitalist accumulation. As we shall see, the two aims merge into one. Boom. There it is, guys. There it is. And that that was it was important to put the money into the financial markets, but not into into the real economy, because that would have led to hyperinflation. We're seeing even the breadcrumbs that they gave us during the CARES Act of throwing all that money into our system is causing inflation, because when you're flooding money into a system and people aren't working, that's what happens. In 2019, world economy was plagued by the same sickness that had caused the 2008 credit crunch. It was suffocating under an unsustainable mountain of debt. 
Many public companies could not generate enough profit to cover interest payments on their own debts and were staying afloat only by taking on new loans. Zombie companies with with year on year low profitability, falling turnover, squeezed margins, limited cash fail, oh yeah, falling turnover, limited cash flow and highly leveraged balance sheets were rising everywhere. The repo market meltdown of September 2019 must be placed within this fragile economic context. When the air is saturated with flammable materials, any spark can cause the explosion. And in the magical world of finance, a tutse tient, one flap of a, a butterfly's wings in a certain sector can send the whole house of cards tumbling down. In financial markets powered by cheap loans, any increase in interest rates is potentially cataclysmic for banks, hedge funds, pension funds, and the entire government bond market because the cost of borrowing increases and liquidity dries up. This is what happens with the repocalypse of September 2019. Interest rates spiked to 10.5% in a matter of hours. Panic broke out affecting futures, options, currencies, and other markets where traders bet by borrowing from repos. The only way to diffuse the contagion was by throwing as much liquidity as necessary into the system, like helicopters dropping thousands of gallons of water on a wildfire. Between September 2019 and March 2020, the Fed injected more than $9 trillion into the banking system, equivalent to more than 40% of U.S. GDP. Wow. And this was not exactly publicized, you guys. The main nine trillion, man, between September 2019 and March 2020. This is before the pandemic. They needed the economy to shut down to keep from a financial catastrophe, colossal level events happening. What and what happened? This is infuriating. This should be infuriating. The mainstream narrative should therefore be reversed. The stock market did not collapse in March 2020 because lockdowns had to be imposed. Rather, lockdowns had to be imposed because financial markets were collapsing. With lockdowns came the suspension of business transactions, which drained the demand for credit and stopped the contagion. In other words, restructuring the financial architecture through extraordinary monetary policy was contingent on the economy's engine being turned off. Had the enormous massive liquidity pumped into the financial sector reached transactions on the ground, a monetary tsunami with catastrophic consequences would have been unleashed. This is wild, man. As claimed by economist Ellen Brown, it was, quote unquote, another bailout, but this time, quote, under cover of a crisis. Similarly, John Titus and Catherine Austin Fitz noted that the COVID-19, quote, magic wand allowed the Fed to execute BlackRock's going direct plan. Literally, it carried out an unprecedented purchase of bank bonds while on an infinitesimally smaller scale, also issuing government-backed COVID loans to businesses. In brief, only an induced economic coma would provide the Fed with the room to defuse the time bomb ticking away in the financial sector. Screened by mass hysteria, the U.S. central bank plugged the holes in the interbank lending market, dodging hyperinflation as well as the Financial Stability Oversight Council. 
the federal agency for monitoring financial risk created after the 2008 collapse, as discussed here. However, the going direct blueprint should also be framed as a desperate measure, for it can only prolong the agony of a global economy increasingly hostage to money printing and the artificial inflation of financial assets. Yeah, some serious hurt is going to be happening at some point. At the hurt of our at the heart of our predicament lies an insurmountable structural impasse. Debt leveraged financialization is contemporary capitalism's only line of flight. The inevitable forward escape route for a reproductive model that has reached its historical limit. Capital's head for financial markets because the labor-based economy is increasingly unprofitable. How did we get to this? All right, let's check that in a second. Let's see if there's anything going on in the chat. And then we're going to find out how we got here. What do we got going on? Cool, cool. Shannon, Sun, Moon, Virgo. It's beyond time for the pitchforks. Yeah. Cool, cool. Propaganda Live on YouTube, 669 subs. Nice, John. Rock and roll. I am under the radar. Cool. We got some more people here in the in the chat over on Rockfin. Cool, cool. Appreciate that. It's even more painful when you consider a lot of the psychopathy psychopathy is induced. Interesting. That's choir boy. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you guys for being in here. Let's see. Javi says, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. When I was in fourth grade, 98, I clearly remember being told I need to go to college so I can get a nice job because tech will take over. The example I remember is done. Self-checkouts exist. Interesting. Davey Ineluctable says, it makes, so whoops, oh man, the chat moves it makes sense it's just very painful to accept that psychopathy is a fundamental truth of living even as we advance lol technologically quote advancing quotes all right yeah this does seem like some certainly seems like some psychopathic behavior man all right so how did we get to this the answer can be summarized as follows one the economy's mission to generate surplus value is both the drive to exploit the workforce and to expel it from production. This is what Marx calls capitalism's moving contradiction. This is so interesting. While it constitutes the essence of our mode of production, this contradiction today backfires, turning political economies into a mode of permanent devastation. Two, the reason for this change of fortune is the objective failure of the labor capital dialectic. The unprecedented acceleration in technological automation since the 1980s causes more labor power to be ejected from production than reabsorbed. The contraction of the volume of wages means that the purchasing power of a growing part of the world population is falling with debt and immiseration as inevitable consequences. Three, a less surplus as less surplus value is produced, capital seeks immediate returns 
in the debt leveraged financial sector rather than in the real economy or by investing in socially constructive sectors like education, research, and public services. The bottom line is that the paradigm shift underway is the necessary condition for the dystopian survival of capitalism, which is no longer able to reproduce itself through mass wage labor and the attendant consumer consumerist utopia. The pandemic agenda was dictated ultimately by systemic implosion, the profitability downturn of a mode of production, which rampant automation is making obsolete for this imminent reason. Capitalism is increasingly dependent on public debt, low wages, centralization of wealth and power, a permanent state of emergency and financial acrobatics. Interesting. This is late stage capitalism in a more in-depth understanding of it than just saying consolidation of industry. This is showing on the ground how this works. If we follow the money, we will see that the economic uh, blockade deviously attributed to virus has achieved far more has achieved far from negligible results, not only in terms of social engineering, but also financial preda uh, predation. I will quickly, quickly highlight four of them. As anticipated, it has allowed the Fed to reorganize the financial sector by printing a continuous stream of billions of dollars out of thin air. Two, it has accelerated the extinction of small and medium-sized companies, allowing major groups to monopolize trade flows. Three, it has further depressed labor wages and facilitated significant capital savings through smart working, which is particularly smart for those who implement it. It has enabled the growth of e-commerce, the explosion of big tech, and the proliferation of the pharma dollar, which also includes the much disparaged plastic industry, now producing millions of new face masks and gloves every week, many of which end up in the oceans to the delight of the green new dealers. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just keep going. In 2020 alone, the wealth of the planet's 2,200 or so billionaires grew $1.9 trillion, an increase without historical precedent. All this thanks to a pathogen so lethal that according to official data, only 99.8% of the infected survive, most of them without experiencing any symptoms. Yeah, the way the media has been able to frame this this pandemic as being so much more dangerous than it actually is, is a testament to their just nonstop onslaught of fucking lies and, and deception, man. It's crazy. One point nine trillion dollars moved upward to the twenty two hundred billionaires, man. Elon Musk doubled his wealth, doubled it. Oh, but he's like the cool rich guy, right? Whatever. Doing capitalism differently. The economic motif of the COVID whodunit must be placed within a broader context of social transformation. Okay. If we scratch the surface of the official narrative, a neo-feudal scenario begins to take form. That's what's going on. We're headed towards neo-feudalism, where there are the feudal overlords, and then all the rest of us. And that is happening on a global scale. That is still happening while all of this stuff is happening with uh, Russia and the Ukraine and the U.S. The transformation towards neo-feudalism is happening in the background. 
It's really fucked up. Masses of increasingly unproductive consumers are being regimented and cast aside simply because Mr. Global <clears throat> no longer knows what to do with them. Together with the underemployed and the excluded, the impoverished middle classes are now a, pro a problem to be handled with the stick of lockdowns, curfews, mass vaccination, propaganda, and the militarization of society, rather than with the carrot of work, consumption, participatory democracy, social rights, uh, replaced in collective imagination by the civil rights of minorities, and well-earned holidays. Okay. So he's saying those are the things that take place in a capitalist system. But in late stage capitalism, transitioning to neo-feudalism, uh, those things, those, uh, those uh, indulgences can't even exist anymore. It is therefore delusional to believe that the purpose of lockdowns is therapeutic and humanitarian. I agree. When has capital ever cared for the people? Indifference and uh, misanthropy are the typical traits of capitalism, whose only real passion is profit and the power that comes with it. Today, capitalist power can be summed up with the names of the three biggest investment funds in the world, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street Global Advisor. These giants, sitting at the center of a huge galaxy of financial entities, manage a mass of value close to half the global GDP, and are major shareholders in around 90% of listed companies. Half the global GDP. 90% of listed companies. They're the majority shareholder or major shareholders. Around them gravitate transnational institutions like the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, the Trilateral Commission, and the Bank for International Settlements, whose function is to coordinate consensus within the financial constellation. We can safely assume that all key strategic decisions, economic, political, and military, are at, the, are at least heavily influenced by these elites. We can, we can safely assume that all key strategic decisions, economic, political, and militarily, these banks are involved with what is going on in Russia, the U.S., and Ukraine, they are dictating policy, are at least heavily influenced by these elites, at least heavily influenced. Or do we want to believe that the virus has taken them by surprise? Rather, SARS-CoV-2, which by admission of the CDC and the European Commission has never been isolated or purified, is the name of a special weapon of psychological warfare that was deployed in the moment of greatest need. That is another thing. Apparently, it's never been isolated. That's a whole other rabbit hole. Why should we trust a mega pharmaceutical cartel, the World Health Organization, that is not in charge of public health, but rather of marketing private products worldwide at the most profitable rates possible? Public health problems stem from abysmal working conditions, poor nutrition, air, water, and food pollution, and above all, from rampant poverty. Yet none of these pathogens are on the World Health Organization's list of humanitarian concerns. The immense conflicts of interest between the predators of the pharmaceutical industry, national and supranational medical agencies, and the cynical political enforcers is now an open secret. 
No wonder that on the day COVID-19 was classified as a pandemic, the World Economic Forum, together with the World Health Organization, launched the COVID Action Platform. Yeah, sometimes I forget that. On that same day, a, quote, protection of, a protection of life coalition run by over 1,000 of the world's most powerful private companies. Yeah, it's almost like they had a plan in place. The only thing that matters for the clique directing the health emergency orchestra is to feed the profit-making machine, and every move is planned to this end, with the support of a political and media front motivated by opportunism. If the military industry needs wars, the pharmaceutical industry needs diseases. It is no coincidence that public health is by far the most profitable sector of the world economy. To the extent that big pharma spends about three times as much as big oil and twice as much as big tech on lobbying, the potentially endless demand for vaccines and experimental gene concoctions offers pharmaceutical cartels the prospect of almost unlimited profit streams, especially when guaranteed by mass vaccination programs subsidized by public money i.e. by more debt that will fall on our heads. Unreal. Why have all COVID treatments been criminally banned or sabotaged? As the FDA candidly admits, the use of emergency vaccines is only possible if, quote, there are no suitable, approved, and alternative uh, available alternatives. Yeah, so if people knew that things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin work, then these vaccines never could have uh, received emergency authorization. It's fucking liars, man. A case of truth hidden in plain plain sight. Moreover, the current vaccine religion is closely linked to the rise of the pharma dollar, which by feeding on pandemics is set to emulate the glories of the petrodollar allowing the United States to continue to exercise global monetary supremacy. Wow. The pharma dollar. So I guess that was means like all the vaccines will have to be paid for in U.S. dollars, something like that, similar to how the petrodollar is that uh, Saudi Arabia uh, pays for all of its oil and sells its oil in dollars and then recycles that money over to the U S by buying treasury bonds and shit like that. Gross. Um, allowing the United States to continue exercise global monetary supremacy. Why should the whole of humanity, including children inject experimental vaccines with increasingly worrying yet systematically downplayed adverse effects when more than 99% of those affected, the vast majority asymptomatic recover? The answer is obvious, because vaccines are the golden calf of the third millennium. While humanity is last generation, exploitation material in guinea pig modality. Oh, I fucked that up. The answer is obvious, because vaccines are the golden calf of the third millennial, while humanity is last generation exploitation material in guinea pig modality. Okay. Given this context, the staging of the emergency pantomime succeeds through an unheard of manipulation of public opinion. Every public debate on the pandemic is shamelessly privatized or rather monopolized by the religious belief in technical scientific committees bankrolled by the financial elites. 
Every free discussion is legitimized by adherence to pseudoscientific protocols carefully purged from the socioeconomic context. One follows the science while pretending not to know that science follows the money. Karl Popper's famous statement that real science is only possible under the aegis of liberal capitalism in what he called the open society is now coming true in the globalist ideology that animates, among others, George Soros's Open Society Foundation. The combination of real science and open and inclusive society makes the COVID doctrine almost impossible to challenge. Yeah, this is crazy. For COVID-19, then, we can imagine the following agenda. A fictitious narrative is prepared based on an epidemic risk presented in such a way as to promote fear and submissive behavior, most likely a case of diagnostic reclassification. All that is needed is an epidemiologically ambiguous influenza virus, one on which to build an aggressive tale of contagion relatable to geographical areas where the impact of respiratory or vascular diseases in the elderly and immunocompromised population is high, perhaps with the aggravating factor of heavy pollution. There is no need to make much up, given the intensive care units in advanced countries had already collapsed in the years preceding the arrival of COVID, with mortality peaks for which no one had dreamed of exhuming quarantine. In other words, public health systems had already been demolished and thus prepared for the pandemic scenario. This is so interesting, man. If he is right, oh my goodness. But this time there is method in madness. A state of emergency is declared, which triggers panic, in turn causing the clogging up of hospitals and care homes at high risk of sepsis, the application of nefarious protocols and the suspension of medical care. At voila, the killer virus becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The propaganda raging across the main centers of financial power, especially North America and Europe, is essential to maintaining the state of exception, which is immediately accepted as the only possible form of political and existential rationality. Entire populations exposed to heavy media bombardment surrender through self-discipline, adhering with grotesque enthusiasm to forms of civic responsibility in which coercion morphs into altruism. Well, that definitely happened. That definitely happened. Let's see what's going on in the chat. Are you guys digging this article? Do you find it interesting? Because I certainly do. Holy shit. All right. Propaganda live. John Fernandez about as Irish as you can get without boiling a potato in a kilt. All right. I I I, I dig it. I dig it. Off topic, but cool. <laughs> Let's see. Michael Zach, what's up? Thanks for being in the uh, the chat on Rockfin. The way our overlords are acting, the kill list must now be, quote, emergency use authorization. Yeah, man. Okay, let's see. Davey says, John, for what it's worth, I know many 
of the top researchers at one of the most prestigious bioengineering labs in the world. And they say they are afraid to speak out about anything for fear of retribution, either from their university and or from future funding blacklisting. Wow. There you go. I'm sure there's a ton of that happening all over the country. It's very sad. It sucks. The Eerie Fairy says, death is a cult. Shannon, Sun, Moon, Virgo. It's fascinating and terrifying at the same time. I hear that. They care about us so much they're going to love us to death. The Eerie Fairy says, oh, God. I think this is important to know. I think that this guy really, that uh, Fabio Vigi really uh, explains this very well may be exactly what has happened. And that's why I think as the world transitions to uh, Russia, 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 and this invasion and all this stuff that's going on, and COVID narrative falls into the background, I wanted to tie some knots up by reading this. Because fuck them for what they've done to us with this. Fuck them. All right, here we go. The whole pandemic script from the contagion curve to the COVID deaths rests on the PCR test. The PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, guys. We know about this, but we're going through it which was authorized for the detection of SARS-CoV-2 by a study procured in record time on commission from the World Health Organization. As many will know by now, the diagnostic unreliability of the PCR test was denounced by its inventor himself, Nobel laureate Carrie Mullis, unfortunately passed away on the 7th of August, 2019. Huh. Why'd he pass away at that time, man? That is quite frustrating and recently reiterated, among others, 22 internationally renowned experts who demanded its removal for clear scientific flaws. Obviously, the request fell on deaf ears. Yeah. So it's not just Carrie Mullis calling it out. It's a number of internationally renowned experts saying they should be removed from use. And this has justified the case numbers. It's crazy. And even deaths of people that get PCR tests. Um, even though they go to the hospital for for a for you know coronary failure, for a heart failure, get a PCR test, gives them a positive COVID, they die, they die of COVID from COVID instead of with COVID. It's ridiculous. The PCR test is the driving force behind the pandemic. It works through the infamous cycle thresholds. The more cycles you make, the more false positives, i.e. infections, COVID deaths you produce. As even guru Anthony Fauci recklessly admitted when he stated that Schwab's, 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 that Klaus Schwab's, (laughs) that Schwab's are worthless above 35 cycles. Now, why is it that during the pandemic, amplifications of 35 cycles or more were, were routinely carried out in laboratories all over the world? Even the New York Times, certainly not a den of dangerous COVID deniers, raised this key question last summer. I remember that article. I was like, what the fuck? The New York Times even admits this. But then it got like fact checked away by the fake fact checkers. 
Thanks to the sensitivity of the swab, the pandemic can be turned on and off like a tap, allowing the health regime to exert full control over the numerological, numerological monster of COVID cases and deaths, the key instruments of everyday terror. All this fear-mongering continues today, despite the easing of some measures. To understand why, we should return to the economic motif. As noted, several trillions of newly printed cash have been created with a few clicks of a mouse by central banks and injected into financial systems where they have in great part remained. The aim of the printing spree was to plug calamitous liquidity gaps. Most of this magic tree money is still frozen inside the shadow banking system, the stock exchanges, and various virtual currency schemes that are not meant to be used for spending and investment. Their function is solely to provide cheap loans for financial speculation. This is what Marx called fictitious capital, which continues to expand in an orbital loop that is now completely independent of economic cycles on the ground. This does not seem good. This does not seem good at all. The bottom line is that all this cash cannot be allowed to flood the real economy, for the latter would overheat and trigger hyperinflation. And this is where virus continues to come in handy. If it initially served to insulate the real economy, to quote again from the BIS paper, Bank for International Settlements, it now oversees its tentative reopening, characterized by submission to the vaccination dogma and chromatic methods of mass regimentation, which may soon include climate lockdowns. We've talked about that before. That's the next thing. Remember how we were told that only vaccines would give us back our freedom? All too predictably, we now discover that the road to freedom is littered with variants, that is to say, iterations of virus. Their purpose is to increase the case count and therefore prolong those states of emergency that justify central banks' production of virtual money aimed at monetizing debt and financing deficits. Rather than returning to normal interest rates, the elites opt to normalize the health emergency by feeding the contagion by feeding the contagion ghost. The much publicized tapering reduction of monetary stimulus can therefore wait, just like pandexit. In EU, for instance, in the EU, for instance, the European Central Bank's uh, 1.85 trillion euro pandemic emergency purchase program, known as PEPP, is currently set to continue <clears throat> until March 2022. However, it has been intimated it might need to be extended beyond that date. In the meantime, the Delta variant is wreaking havoc on the travel and tourism industry. This was six months ago this was written. With new uh, restrictions, including quarantine, disrupting the summer season. Again, we seem to be caught within a self-fulfilling prophecy, especially if, as Nobel laureate Luc uh, Montagnier and many others have intimated, variants, however mild, are the consequence of aggressive mass vaccination campaigns. That's another thing, too. You're not supposed to mass vaccinate during a pandemic, especially with a leaky vaccine that can create the um, circumstances necessary for a new variant to be created. That's what certain doctors are saying. Interesting. Whatever the case, the fundamental point is that virus is still needed to is still needed by senile capitalism, whose only chance of survival depends on generating 
uh, paradigm shift from liberalism to oligarchic authoritarianism. That's where we're going. Crazy. While their crime is far from perfect, the orchestrators of this global coup must nevertheless be credited with a certain sadistic brilliance. Their sleight of hand succeeded, perhaps even beyond expectations. However, any power aiming to totalization is destined to fail. And this applies also to the high priests of the COVID religion and the institutional puppets they have mobilized to roll out the health emergency psyop. Right on. After all, power tends to delude itself about its omnipotence. Those sitting in the control room fail to realize the extent to which their dominance is uncertain. What they do not see is that their authority depends on a higher mission to which they remain partly blind, namely the anonymous self-reproduction of the capitalist matrix. Today's power lies with the profit-making machine whose only purpose is to continue its reckless journey, potentially leading to the premature extinction of Homo sapiens. The elites who have conned the world into COVID obedience are the anthropomorphic manifestation of the capitalist automaton, whose invisibility is as cunning as the as that of the virus itself. And the, and the novelty of our era is that the lockdown society is the model that best guarantees the reproducibility of the capitalist machine, irrespective of its dystopian destination. Wow. We need these lockdowns for capitalism to survive. Uh, and capitalism is transitioning from liberal society to oligarch and authoritarianism. Unbelievable. Wow. This is unreal, man. This blows my mind. Anybody got anything to say in the chat about this? Wow. AGT Archer says some stuff. What's up? The nursing home my GF worked for during the pandemic was writing off every death as a COVID death regardless of testing. Yeah, that shit's crazy. That shit is real. People don't like to hear that, that there was a financial incentive to do that. I had the impression that it was due to either laziness or some sort of financial incentive. Okay. I think it was a financial incentive. I don't know. The Erie Ferry says the climate change cult and the COVID cult will converge and destroy everything we know and love. They're going to try. They're going to try. People also like to seem to like attention and drama. There's definitely drama happening. AGT Archer, I know hospitals received money for every COVID positive case and or death, so I'm sure the nursing homes did too. Oh, God. Uh, that was a nursing home, I see. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, I assume, I guess the nursing homes too did too. I don't know. I know the hospitals certainly did. Uh, this just blows my mind, man. I think he lays out so well a case for the financial reasons why this happened, the financial interests for why this pandemic was necessary, why these lockdowns were necessary in order to stop the economy, to keep 
a uh, financial implosion from happening. So there was enough time for the federal, federal, the central banks to maneuver and spray enough money into uh, into the financial institutions. It just makes so much sense. So when you tie all those things together, the financial, the fact that there was this financial crisis looming, and that you needed lockdowns to halt the real economy. And what's a great way to get them? A virus. So you've got that. Leading up to it, you plan out how you'll react if there is a pandemic with event 201. Now we find out that in all likelihood, this pan this virus was leaked from a lab. Uh, so b- basically, you're going to tell me the most evil control freak people on the world in the world also have the best karma ever that they get this thing to happen right when they needed it so they could do what they needed to do. Starting not to buy that, man. I'm certainly starting not to buy that yet. I'm not I'm starting not to buy that. Let's see what's going on, Rockfin. Cool, cool. Yana says, get rich quick when you make everyone sick. Gain of function leads to gain of profits. There you go. This is nuts. So, yeah, that is the article, you guys. That is. Let's see. Let's go back up top. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy, systemic collapse and pandemic simulation. Unreal. I mean, that's where I'm at now. Now I'm at my takeaway. My assessment is that it was an intentional lab leak. That's my assessment. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for being in the chat. Thank you guys for contributing. It makes reading this heavy stuff more palatable for me. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. Everybody uh, enjoy the rest of your day or your evening, wherever you are watching this or listening to this. And uh, be well. Y'all rock. All right. Bye.